Yeah, I mean, a lot of folks start businesses and they just kind of look at what's hot right now. Oh, we're going to start like a Bitcoin company or we're going to start a, um, you know, a mobile gaming company when that was popular or, or whatever. Um, and I think uh, I can tell you from uh, starting a business and growing it to 26 people, if you're not in love with the thing that you're doing, um, it's going to be super duper hard to get through it because there's, you know, there's certainly highs, but there are also tremendous lows. And so if you're not passionate about the thing, then... Um, you know, you're going to struggle. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the first part of my interview with Mike Caden. My next guest is the founder and CEO of Red Circle, a platform that equips podcasters with strong tools to support their efforts to advance, make money, and gain attention. Through his experience building Red Circle's technology and growing the company's customer base, he's had the unique experience of working with thousands of podcasters and advertisers, from the smallest marketers to the largest publishers in the space. He brings his technical background and expertise in the podcasting industry together to help move the audio advertising space forward for independent creators. His name is Mike Caden, and while this might sound a little meta, we've covered this subject before, I think it'll be really useful and encouraging for you if you have a podcast of your own. And if you don't yet have a podcast, maybe you should consider it. Come on in, the water's nice. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. And if you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com, where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And if you'd consider it, I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. You can leave a review that I'd love to feature on future podcasts, either in written or in voice format from the podcast's main page. And now, here's my interview with Mike Caden. So how are you doing today, Mike? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I really appreciate your coming on the show today. This is uh, going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I like to start off these interviews with asking you about if you have an early memory of how sound moved you. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I think the the earliest memories that I have of sound and and where where I felt it in an emotional way is actually in video games. Oh yeah, um, I can sympathize. I mean, those are some of the <laughs> earliest memories I have in general. Um, uh, and I, I remember, you know, music that went along with certain games or sound effects that went along with certain games. Uh, everything from Mario to you know Duck Hunt to different games on Sega Genesis and. Um, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, spending a lot of time in front of those machines as a kid. And then to this day, you know, I'll be walking around and I'll hear something outside or I'll hear a bird make a noise or, or something. And, and all of a sudden, uh, some old jingle from a video game I haven't played since I was seven, you know, will pop right back into my consciousness. And these were, uh, you know, important for me as a cool, creative place to play uh, as a kid. And, and I remember them super well. Yeah, it's a it's quite amazing how incredible these memories can be and bring you right back to the spot where you were playing 
at that moment, like, I don't know how long ago, 20 years ago. I don't know. It's longer yeah. than that for me. <laughs> but <laughs> a little, yeah, a little bit longer for me as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing how sound can transport us to right back to that moment. It's almost like you're time traveling. Yeah, exactly. I, um, uh, you know, I was on TikTok a, a month or two ago and, you know, came randomly across some account that showed old video games. And, uh, and you know, this song I hadn't heard since I was seven, uh, you know, I just started singing along every single note uh, as it played. I hadn't seen this video game since then, but somewhere and you know, I don't remember what color my shoes were when I was seven. I don't remember uh, the stories that we read in class, but this music uh, is sort of burned in in a, in a very special way. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So sound has this huge ability to do that, to transport us back to that moment, to um, induce memory too, to be remembered, which I think is so important. But going from the video games to sure. where, you, where you are right now, so you're involved uh -huh. in a lot of podcasting and, and um, ads for podcasts. That's the idea, right? Yeah, that's right. So how? <laughs> How did you get into that? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I'm this, the founder of a company called Red Circle. We're a podcast advertising technology company. Um, you know, uh, sort of by accident is is the real answer. I mean, I've been a huge fan of uh, podcasts as a listener for forever. Um, you know, all the way back to when podcasting was first beginning on my you know iPod. That's why they call it podcasting, and. Um, uh, and so I've been a listener uh, for forever. And even as a kid, I started listening to books on tape to fall asleep at night with, you know, a Walkman under my pillow. So I've always been a guy that wants to be told stories. And um, I was working at a big technology company and I wasn't really happy with um, with the job and the fact that I was at this giant megacorp. And I started writing some code to build a podcast uh, technology you know platform on the side, sort of for fun, sort of to get my skills up as a coder before going into uh, the interview room at other companies. Uh, and over time, I just slowly became increasingly obsessed with the side project until I found myself up at two in the morning, you know, researching the industry, you know, coding away and sort of obsessed. And, um, and that's sort of how the company was born. So sort of an accident. I didn't pick the podcasting uh, market as a place to build a business, or I didn't have uh, incredible expertise prior to starting the business uh, in this game. But um over the last five years or so, while we've been building this company, I've learned, you know, so much and and connected with so many creators and, and audio advertisers. Um, that's just been an incredible experience. So, yeah, not exactly intentional and um, but but really glad uh, to have chosen it because it's such an amazing growing and, and uh, industry filled with passion and energy. There's something to be said for finding it by accident, too, because that's yeah. the passion, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of folks start businesses and they just kind of look at what's hot right now. Oh, we're going to start like a Bitcoin company or we're going to start a, um, you know, a mobile gaming company when that was popular or, or whatever. Um, and I think uh, I can tell you from uh, starting a business and growing it to 26 people, if you're not in love with the thing that you're doing, um, it's going to be super duper hard to get through it because there's, you know, there's certainly highs, but there are also tremendous lows. And so if you're not passionate about the thing, then, um, you know, you're going to struggle. Yeah, that can be said about pretty much anything, actually, including podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> you better totally. really love your podcast or it's not going to continue. <laughs> 
Yeah, a lot of people don't make it past, you know, episode 10 or, or even episode one. And so, you know, you have to find something and, and, and to actually generate an audience and to build a, a following that uh, that's significant. And, you know, if you want to earn money on it or whatever it is your goals are, you know, to achieve that, you've really got to build. Uh, and that takes time. You know, it's just about building great content for a long time. Definitely. Yeah. And we're at uh, 150 right here for, for this podcast. So, uh, yeah. so I it's must a have a passion for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And I, I'm curious, have you had a podcast of your own? Like, do you do you make a podcast? We don't, you know, everybody tells us that we're supposed to have it, but it's almost cliche at this point, a podcast company with a podcast, uh, sort of everybody has one. Um, so instead, I, I love to go on other folks' shows and, and chat about what they're up to and, and, uh, and discuss the industry and audio in general. Well, that's what we're doing here. So yeah, yeah. congrats. <laughs> you did what you <laughs> set did. out to do. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So as far as advertising is concerned, because I know that you guys deal with that you know, pretty much exclusively, how do you think this benefits the creators who are advertising on these shows? Like, what is the benefit of people using your service to advertise on podcasts? Yeah, you mean for, for advertisers? Yeah. Um, so the main thing that makes Red Circle interesting and unique is that we're really focused on host-read advertising, which means the host of the show is the one who's reading the ad. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why brands are after that. And, uh, and what we do is we provide technology that enables you to be able to deploy campaigns where, you know, 50, a hundred or more, uh, podcasts are reading, um, an ad, uh, for your brand. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people think about host read and they really focus on, okay, the host is reading the ad. That's, that's part of it. Um, but really what makes those unique is that we encourage brands to give a set of talking points and not a word for word script so that hosts can kind of use their own voice, uh, not just its timbre and, and, and their dialect, but, uh, but also kind of their, their, the manner in which they create content, the, the, the sort of words they use, the way they explain things, whether it's human humorous or serious, all of these things, uh, you know, are what make a host red ad sort of native and unique to the podcast that you love and that you listen to. And so a lot of brands are after that sort of endorsement style advertising and our platform, uh, enables that to be done without, you know, a million spreadsheets and emails and checks in the mail and pulling your hair out. Uh, you can use our technology to, to do the same. Yeah, that sounds like a very good thing that people are going to need because, uh, yeah, podcasters have enough to worry about. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, on the podcaster side, just imagine you're doing two brand deals uh, every week on your podcast and just trying to keep organized around scripts and what's due on what day and providing reporting back to the advertiser. You know, all this stuff uh, we tried to do uh, without the technology. And as a computers guy, you know, I was ready to lose my mind uh, and just sort of started building the stuff uh, to keep us organized and that eventually became the advertising side of the platform. I could just imagine. <laughs> yeah, like what a nightmare. <laughs> I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast, like Elaine Grant, who called the show insightful, practical, eye-opening. As a veteran public radio producer and host, she says, and now an entrepreneur running a podcast consultancy, I thought I knew about the world of audio, 
Truth is, I knew just a small slice of this big and important world. I've learned so much from every episode. I need to re-listen and furiously take notes. I can't recommend audio branding highly enough. Thank you for taking the time to leave your comment, Elaine. It means so much to me. And now, back to the show. I'm curious about something because you mentioned host red ads. And of course, that is a great way to connect the uh, listeners to the product or service, of course. And it does lend itself to the voice of the host. It's the, you know, the podcast itself endorsing mm-hmm. this thing. But have you found a really big difference between host red ads and not host red ads? Have you like measured the the metrics of that? We haven't, but actually just uh, this past week, um, the folks from Sounds Profitable, uh, Brian Barletta and Tom Webster, they, they have yes. a, a, a media outlet for a po- that's focused on podcast advertising. Uh, they just released a study um, that measured this uh, in great detail. They, they took a podcast and they measured uh, and they, they randomly deployed um, a typical sort of endorsement style host read ad, another ad that was in the voice of the host, but had been sort of scripted out in advance. So they were sort of, you know, more reading it word for word. Um, and then the third group got a, a announcer red ad, you know, an ad uh, produced uh, by the, the the show's producer. And they measured the outcomes and uh, it performed exactly as you would expect, which is that the host red ads were the best. Um, the announcer red ads were still very good, um, but not as good. And the difference between, you know, sort of off the cuff uh, host red style versus, uh, you know, pre-written host red style was uh, noticeable, but not huge. So, you know, best performer was like creative host red, slightly worse was scripted host red, and then announcer red, you know, still really good, um, but, but you know, several percentage points lower in terms of brand recall by the, by the listener surveyed. So, um, you know, long story short, these host red ads are super powerful, but um, if you say you're doing a pharmaceutical company and you have... 10 lines of uh, disclaimers to do, or you um, have a very complicated product that requires, you know, extremely specific explanation, um, or you want to brand the sound in some way, um, or you have an audio product, you want to play clips from your audio. You know, there's lots of reasons why you might not want to do a host read. Um, you can still get great performance out of those. Um, and, and that's, you know, really great results from the study, which says a host read's great, um, but all of podcast advertising is great. Yeah. And of course, growing all the time, which, you know, is good for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it you be know, nice for a podcaster so... to make money, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what the business is designed to do. You know, we look around the industry and we see, you know, Joe Rogan or the guys from Smartless or whatever with these tens or hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in, in, in contracts. Um, but, uh, if you look around, uh, the podcast ecosystem and see where most of the listening is happening, you know, it's happening on shows like this one, it's happening on uh, middle-class podcasts, just as much as it's happening on, uh, the top. In fact, if you look at the, the very top of the market, you know, the top couple thousand shows, it's about 35% of the audience. Um, and then in the middle, you know, shows with uh, anywhere from a couple hundred listeners to, you know, say a hundred thousand listeners, you know, that's 50% of the listening. And then the less, the, the rest is down on the several million podcasts that are down the long tail from there. Um, you know, we believe this middle class uh, set of podcasters, A, you know, deserves to be rewarded for their hard work. Um, but B, we believe the authenticity of the relationship between 
the host and their audience uh, on these middle-class shows that are not over-commercialized uh, is a stronger connection than that with, you know, say Joe Rogan or, or, or Michael Barbaro or whoever is in the largest podcast. And so our view is that uh, these middle-class creators uh, are deserving of being rewarded just as much as, as everyone else. So what would your advice be to independent creators who want to make money from their podcast? Is there a reason that they should consider Red Circle? Um, sure. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of different places where you can choose to host, distribute, monetize your podcasts. Um, you know, really what it comes down to, and, and, and if you think about hosting, which is where a podcaster uploads their content to be distributed to Apple and Spotify, there's, there's 30 or more different options. So there's lots of choice of out there. Um, everyone has its own distinct set of bells and whistles. And so it really depends on, on what you're after and, and what you're looking to do. You know, there are great podcast hosting companies that will, um, you know, have integrated guest booking software, for example, right? If that's how you monetize is by, um, is by sort of doing interviews or something like that, then, then Red Circle is probably not for you. Um, there are other companies that focus on, um, uh, say, listener payments. Um, we actually have a listener payments solution that's similar to, say, Patreon as well on Red Circle. But there are some companies that are fully devoted to that. And if that's the only thing that you're going to do or you have, say, video content or you want to interact with your fans in a social context, hey, maybe Patreon is better for you. Um, but if you're looking to do host red advertising uh, and you want to connect it to the data that you get from your uh, hosting provider, um, there's nobody else that's sort of put together a system uh, similar to ours. So if that's sort of what you're after, we of course do listener payments and programmatic advertising as well. Um, but uh, Hostred is really what makes us uh, unique and different in, in the game. So how does someone sign up? Like what's the, what's the procedure usually when they sign up? It, you're, you're actually providing hosting. It's not just the, the ads. Correct. Yeah. What makes us uh, able to, uh, dramatically decrease the friction and keep podcasters and advertisers organized is the fact that we do dynamically inserted audio. So when you record an ad read, you record your ad read separately, and then we insert it into your podcast at the points where you'd tell us to do that. Um, and that really takes the friction down. You know, when you get an ad deal from us, it just says, you know, Hey, here's the script. Here's how much money you're going to make. Here's the dates. You know, are you in or are you out? You click yes, you record, you upload it. Uh, and that's that will take care of the rest reporting, you know, paying you in the bank account once we get paid, you know, all the kind of complexities of the, the back office. Um, in order to do that dynamic insertion and make everything simple for everybody, we have to be the one who's actually serving your audio to to the end user. A lot of people don't realize when you press play and Spotify or Apple or wherever, it's quite different than YouTube. Some third party company like Red Circle or a hosting company is actually delivering you that audio file directly to your phone. Uh, it doesn't come from Apple, it doesn't come from Spotify. So um, what is uh, what companies that do dynamic insertion do is we actually stitch together that audio file right on the fly, right in the moment when the listener hits play uh, in order to um, you know insert the relevant advertising or whatever other campaigns uh, might be running. So yeah, in order to do all that fun stuff, uh, you have to host your podcast with us. Um, and the good news is that uh, switching from one hosting company to another is not a massive endeavor. Um, it's uh, bread and butter for what our business does. And the app tries to make it really simple. And, the, um, you know, you can sign up and uh, the basic tiers, which include advertising are free. And, um, you know, you can port your podcast over from somewhere else and the app will walk you through it. Um, and then if you have enough downloads, uh, we can help you to start to monetize if you're interested. That sounds great. So uh, what kind of numbers are, are people looking at to be able to monetize? What numbers do you need? 
Yeah, so we allow for listener payments uh, style monetization at any size. So if you want to just collect a couple bucks from your fans, uh, you can do that if you have one listener. Um, but until you get up to about 500 downloads per week, uh, that's when we'll, uh, the, the system will automatically uh, invite you into the ad platform. And that's not really about you know where the advertising demand is because we can monetize one download uh, with our programmatic advertising, but it's more about like whether it's worth it for all parties involved at, at sizes um, lower than that. Uh, the fees for us just to make payouts start to exceed the, the the amount of money that's available. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that sounds, I mean, I, I would think that sounds doable for some people. As far as growing a podcast is concerned, <laughs> because, mm. you know, to have that 500 downloads a week is not necessarily easy. <laughs> right. Are there any things that you would suggest that someone do to grow a podcast? Have you, you've probably talked about this on Red Circle many times. <laughs> yeah, we think about it a lot. It's the number one thing actually we get asked for because you know, not everybody's in the middle class yet and folks want to figure out how to get there. And, um, you know, the first answer, which maybe sounds obvious, but I think is not the first thing people say when we talk about this topic is the first thing that you need to do to grow your podcast is to create a really good podcast. If you, um, if you put in a lot of time, energy or dollars uh, into trying to bring new listeners to your show, you may succeed. But if the show is not compelling, doesn't bring listeners back to listen again or doesn't um you know have high audio quality it's not a pleasant experience to listen to um, i'm a little biased in that matter yeah <laughs> <laughs> i could understand that i mean i am too i think over the course of the pandemic i started listening to all these podcasts where the production quality was amazing and then all of a sudden you know it went to airpods mode um, and that's just kind of become like allowed um over the last couple of years and i'm hoping that will sort of make its way back um but, uh, but yeah, you know, that's the first thing for growing your pod. That's the most important is that it needs to be good. People want to need to want to listen to it and they need to want to come back and listen again. And, um, in addition to that, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can work on your show to help push the audience, uh, into your podcast, a couple different things, uh, that we've seen that can be successful. Um, first of all, you can run cross promotions and that's kind of uh, considered one of the most powerful ways to move the audience around. And we have the data to show that that's the case. Red Circle uh, actually has a cross promotions uh, automation where you can partner with another podcaster, exchange a little 30 second promotional clip for your show. Um, you know, both parties kind of get to turn the key and approve the ad and then Red Circle uh, automatically inserts the ad into both podcasts and then takes it out. Um, you know, you can go out and reach out to podcast yourself if you're not on Red Circle or you're just interested in partnering with someone uh, directly. Uh, and that's a good amount of work, but it can be shown to be really powerful uh, if you can create cross promotions with podcasts that have similar engaged audiences. You know, we've done a bunch of experiments with those. We've done some learnings like pre-roll is better than mid-roll, which is surprising. Um, we've got learnings that... Um, that the closer the overlap is between the content categorization of the two shows, the more powerful the ad is at moving audience between the things, you know, some of these are obvious mid-roll versus pre-roll, maybe not so obvious. Yeah, that actually is a surprise. I would think that people would want to get to the meat of the episode really quickly as opposed to being delayed. Yeah, I think I have an, a view on it, but I'm not sure it's, um, 
it's accurate, but this is my, my theory. Um, you know, with, with regular advertising, the, the wisdom is that mid roll is better because you're going to hear the advertisement and you're going to not have your phone in your hand. You're going to be like less likely to fast forward and, you know, you're going to be engaged with the content. So you sort of forget that, you know, that there's an ad break happening. Whereas in the beginning, right, when you start the episode, if you have your phone in your hand, you know, it's very easy to hit fast forward. On the other hand, you know, the call to action for subscribing to a podcast is rather complex. You know, it's not like, you know, uh, about brand and it's not about, you know, what, what soap you're going to pick when you end up at the store later. It actually requires you to take out your phone and search for a podcast name in the podcast app of your choosing. And so perhaps, you know, actually in the beginning when your phone may still be in your hand, it's actually good for uh, for cross-promotional ads. That's my theory. I don't know if that's why. That sounds interesting. And, and actually, I kind of wonder if people listening to that intro are wondering if they're listening to the right podcast. And mm. so they just keep on listening. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's why it's so important, you know, in, in any advertising, but especially in these cross promotional ones, you only get 30 seconds to make an impression on the listener. Uh, it needs to be compelling, it needs to be unique, it needs to be, um, you know, obvious that you're listening to a promotion, uh, so that people aren't confused, like you said. Um, you know, it needs to have high quality audio, you know, the, the, maybe some background music that isn't too jarring, you know, there's lots of, uh, of wisdom about how to create one of these. But again, if you're going to go through all the trouble of doing a, a cross promotion, which can be a lot of work, um, best to make sure that the ad that's on the other end of that is is compelling and can actually move move users or move listeners. Um, mm -hmm. The point. other thing for growth that we have seen uh, be successful is um, is the idea of engaging with your existing audience. So, um, you know, tons of studies uh, have shown that one of the primary uh, vectors for podcast growth is just through word of mouth. And so some of the podcasts that I listen to, um, that I've been listening to for a long time, you know, they will say a direct sort of call to action to your fans, you know, each time you do the episode, Hey, you know, if you want to help the show and support the show, you know, you can subscribe and give us five bucks a bucks, a bucks a month on our red circle page here. But, um, but you can also support us if you don't have the money by just telling a friend, it helps us grow the show. It helps us support the work that we're doing, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 you know, th those kinds of, uh, calls to action to your audience to help, um, by telling a friend, I think can also be really powerful, um, and, you know, sometimes people, you know, think like, oh, if I ask for money or if I ask to tell a friend, I'm kind of like a panhandler for my podcast. But I think people get it. I think they understand that you're putting a lot of hard work and energy into this thing. And um, and you're hoping to get some value back from the listener for the value that you provide, whether that's in dollars or, or, or sweat or, or whatever thing uh, that, that could be helpful with. Sure. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I love the way you put that, actually, that that they could, you know, actually help out. And if you can't afford to pay anything, that's perfectly fine. Just, you know, share it with someone. I kind of love yeah. that idea. <laughs> Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. 
If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. I mean, listen, you know, uh, the, the, some of the podcasts that are come to Red Circle and have not succeeded in monetizing before, they could have 10 or 20,000 people listening. 20,000 people is the number of people that fit inside the Oracle arena that the Warriors play in. I mean, it's an insane, uh, and, and the, these people are coming back week after week, right, to listen to this podcast. And it's insane uh, the influence that a creator can have uh, and, and how little uh, reward there, there is for that on the other end. And so it's not, uh, out of line to ask for value back for the value you're generating. If you're, if you're creating an entertaining or educational or engaging experience for 20,000 people, gosh, you know, you should be able to say, Hey, can you tell a friend this? Is, I've been working really hard on this thing. Uh, and I think people respect yeah. and understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely a passion project for most people <laughs> and uh, being to mon being able to monetize that just a little bit would be super helpful. So yeah, I, I really appreciate your talking about this and mm. out of curiosity, do you have any like actual case studies that you've done over at red circle that, that show how this works? Um, we do, you know, we, we've, um, We've worked with brands of all shapes and sizes, the, the smallest of brands that are testing the space or um, small podcast networks as well that are looking to grow their audience that are going to pay for promotional ads across our platform, you know, down to $10,000 of spend and seeing real results on the other side. And then, you know, we've got larger advertisers, um, you know, the traditional ones that you might hear about in the space that have tried in different um you know, different, you know, running ads on larger, more traditional podcast networks and getting, you know, 80 to $100 uh, cost per acquisition of their customers and then coming and playing around in this more diverse and creative middle class space um, where we're doing $24, you know, cost per acquisitions for, for this. Uh, it's a major uh, uh, delivery app. Um, you know, so uh, what we've seen is that we we believe these middle class creators have a lot more to give than uh, than the largest creators who are just sort of phoning it in. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it sounds like your network is is pretty spread out over a whole bunch of different types of podcasts. So there's hopefully something for everyone. That would be the idea. Yeah, I've been amazed by the diversity and creativity of all the audio creators that are out there. We have all kinds of normal stuff, you know, I don't know if it counts as normal, but I would say there's a lot of true crime podcasts. Don't say normal. That's not normal, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but there's a lot of them and there's a lot of podcast creators that make amazing true crime content, but then we have all kinds of stuff. We got religious content. We've got, you know, the, the, the two guys in the basement screaming about sports. We've got, um, one guy who uses our dynamic insertion technology to randomly choose audio clips to create almost a choose your own adventure in audio. Um, you know, lots of just amazing creativity that people have put together. Um, and it's so cool to, to build a platform that allows uh, these folks to express their creativity in this media. I think audio altogether is, uh, has been having a, a renaissance over the pandemic. You know, the microphones sold out on Amazon. Everybody was stuck at home with something to say. Um, but also there's the slower 
growth that's been happening for years and years where, you know, podcasting is, uh, instead of making a diorama in, in middle school, you know, kids are, are making podcasts and, um, this style of, uh, expression is about to become even more mainstream uh, than it is today. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's becoming, uh, the way that people reach out into the ether. I mean, you know, because the the barrier to entry is so much lower, especially now. And uh, yeah, it's it's amazing to see all the different voices that are that are going out there. I've been really privileged to to see some of them and to have some people on the show who are helping to produce them. So yeah, yeah. it's a lot of uh, it's 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 really amazing. And I'm I'm super interested in in how you're seeing this as well, because you're on the forefront of this as well. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. <laughs>